Welcome to Freedom Fellowship Church in Kakana, Wisconsin. We are a non-denominational, Bible-teaching Christian church. Visit us at cometofreedom.com. We hope you're encouraged by God's Word. Here's Pastor Landon Churchill with today's message. So Jesus here in Matthew 25 has been talking about how to wait till the end and how to wait for his return. So Father, we do want to get that right. God, we thank you that you didn't just leave us hanging, uh, but you've spoken very clearly in your word to these things. And we want to, our prayer is that we'd be doers of your word and not hearers only. God, we do apologize and ask for forgiveness when we know we ought to be doing something because we know what you have said. Lord, but we found an excuse or become lazy or whatever. God, please forgive us for that, God. And we just pray you'd Stir us up. God, help us to get our eyes upon you because what you're doing is awesome, Father, and it is fun to be a part of. God, so please, uh, just open our hearts once again. Help us to hear what your spirit would say to the church for us here this morning. We ask in your name. Amen? Amen. So I want you guys, as we jump into this, timing is very important for you and I to get. You see, the millennium really is sandwiched between these two bookends of judgment. Okay, this judgment here is to the Gentile, to the nations, okay, at the beginning of the millennium. And then we have the great white throne judgment that will come at the end of the millennium, which we read at in the end of Revelation. We read Proverbs 10.30. It tells us that the righteous will never be moved, but the wicked will not inherit the earth. Pretty simple, but very true. That's what God has spoken to. And I want to consider with you guys this morning sheep and goats. And as we consider the Middle East, okay, it consists mainly of sheep and goat when it comes to what is needed for the people. They're both there. The white sheep were used for uh, their wool, which produced a lot of their clothing. And then the goats, they would supply, their hair would be used for things like their tents, for bags, for ropes, whatever. But families would use both the sheep and the goat, their milk, to make butter, cheese, all the good stuff we enjoy here in Wisconsin (laughs) as their chief food. So a little bit of background for us. Now let's take a read in verses 31 to the end of the chapter. Pay attention. When the Son of Man comes in glory, okay, his glory, that's going to be beautiful and wonderful, and all his holy angels with him, guys kind of get into the picture of what's going to be, that's going to be awesome, okay, unlike anything we've ever seen before, okay, when he comes, he's going to sit on his throne of his glory, and all nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate from one another, as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats, and he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. This isn't an afterthought. Okay, this was it from the beginning is what Jesus is saying. And then he says, for I was hungry, verse 35, and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer saying, Lord, 
When did that happen? What are you talking about? I know you're the Lord and you know all things, but what are you saying? I love their response here. Look at verse 37. They say, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you as a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and thirsty, and a stranger, and naked, sick, and in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So this morning, we're going to talk about mercy ministry a little bit. So I want you guys to catch in verse 31 here, the separator is the Savior himself. He will occupy this role. And then we have the separation that takes place in verses 32 and 33. The goats, lost people, okay, they will be placed on the left hand. And then the sheep, the saved people, will be placed on the right hand. And then we have the separated that are found in verses 34 all the way to the end of the chapter. So let's take a moment to pause and consider the sheep and their reward. Look at their contents in verse 34. They will receive the kingdom prepared for them from the foundation of the world. And the cause we find in verses 35 and 36, it is due to their mercy ministry in feeding clothing for caring for and even assisting Jesus in prison. You see that? So the confusion comes in verses 37 to 39. The saved ask, when did this take place? And Jesus makes it very clear in verse 40. This is the clarification for them. Jesus says, it's when you minister to others. That's when you ministered to me. And now we have the goats on the other hand. Okay? They're going to be punished. We see the, the contents for them. Hi, Siri. Sorry, guys. I must have said a word that sounded like Siri. <laughs> That's happened a couple times. But anyways, look at verse 41. Okay? Their contents is eternal hell. Okay? Um, and then we see in verses 42 and 43, they did not minister to Jesus. Okay, that was the cause of the judgment that is coming. And then also, guys, if you look at the confusion that they had, we see that in verse 44. 
Okay, the unsaved asked, when was it that they did not minister to Jesus? And Jesus also gives them a clarification in verses 45 and 46 when Jesus says, because they did not minister to others, they did not minister to him. So we have the nation spoken of here, okay, or the Gentiles, people other than Jews who lived through the tribulation period. And they will be judged individually, not as a national group or groups. So they are described here as blending of sheep and goats. And then the Lord is the one who will come and he is the one who's going to separate. So the basis of their interest is seen in their actions. Whether it's providing food, drink, clothing, okay? It is care for the king is what Jesus is saying. And there will not be sheep nations and goat nations, but sheep separated from the goats from every nation. The sheep will live or have a life eternal. The goats will go away to eternal punishment. So both the sheep and the goats, they were surprised at Jesus' words. Are you guys ever taken back by some of his words? You hear something like, what did you just say to you? I don't know if that's politically correct, Lord. (laughs) But that's what I love about Jesus. He tells it how it is, okay? And I think we need to strike that same balance, okay? We are either too harsh or we want to sugarcoat things. Jesus had a great way of speaking the truth in love. And I think that's the balance that we really want to find as believers. And I think we can learn well the more we read his words. How did he do it? So Jesus here is speaking truth, okay? So they, weren't, uh, they were not surprised at the place assigned them, but the reason Jesus gives. That's what they're surprised about. So both didn't realize that when they did these things or didn't, that they were going or not going uh, or doing them unto Jesus. So Jesus identifies with his people, I love that. You guys remember when he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Okay? That's what Jesus is doing here. So, the expression, this one little phrase, my brethren, that we see here, must then be referred to a third group of people. Who's he speaking about here? Well, it's neither the sheep nor the goats. So most commentators say that this must be the Jews that are in distress during that tribulation period of time. Okay? And it's clear that the believing Jews during that time are going to have a very difficult time surviving because they're going to be persecuted during this time. So the forces of the world, you know, the dictator of the time is going to be going after the Jewish people specifically. Everything. We're going to kill them. Really? That would be okay. They would allow they would allow people to go and kill the Jews? That, that would never happen. Right? It's gonna happen again, guys. So a Gentile going out of his way to assist a Jew in the tribulation will mean that the Gentile has become a believer in Jesus Christ through the tribulation. But such a stand and action, a believing Gentile will be put really putting his life in jeopardy. So his works will not save him, but his works will reveal that he is redeemed. You guys understand that? 
You're not saved by doing these things. But if you are saved, these things will be happening. So they will be enemies of the Antichrist. They would suffer great persecution. They would not be able to buy or to sell. And thus, this is why they're going to be hungry. I can't sell anything I have to get food, and I can't buy any food because I'm hungry. Okay? They're not going to be able to do that during the tribulation. So what a blessing when you go during this time and you feed. We're not going to be here. But the point of what Jesus is saying is, hey, you're going to be doing this to me. These are my chosen people. The apple of my eye. Okay? And you came and you loved on them because no one else was. And they couldn't even care for themselves. And you showed up. So they would flee from their homes. We saw that back in Matthew 24, verses 15 to 21. And they would need places to stay, right? So they're going to be without jobs, without the mark of the beast. They cannot secure clothing. So they're probably going to be naked. Some of them, I have no clothes left. Uh, many are going to be cast into prison because they are Jewish. So Jesus has already defined brothers and sisters in the Lord. I love Matthew 12, 49 and 50. You can jot that down. That's where Jesus said, okay, when he stretched out his hand towards his disciples, he said, here are my mother, okay, and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, my sister, my mother, and then in James, Jesus' half-brother said in chapter 2, verse 15 and 17, he wrote, If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warm, be filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, it, it does not have works. It's dead. Okay? We can get lip service, but this is where the rubber meets the road, guys. If we really do believe, if Jesus really is our Lord, there will be action. So, we only show mercy to believers, right, Pastor? Is that what Jesus is getting at? No way! No way. Let's turn to Luke. Okay, Luke will lay this out for us. Chapter 6. Should we show mercy to believers? Absolutely. We're told to do good to all, right? But especially those in the household of God. So yeah, when you see your brother or sister, you go a little bit farther for them. You love and serve them a little more, okay? That's what we do. But God's heart is that we love all, okay? Really all? Even my enemies? Well, yeah. Let's see what Luke says here in chapter 6. Verse 27. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemy. What, Jesus? Yeah, this is Jesus talking again. You're saying, this is a hard one to swallow. Because they just want to hurt me. They want to do me in. They want to end me. And you want me to do what? Love them? Really? Can I just smile once in a while? No. Love. Love them. Do good to those who hate you. Verse 28, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. And if someone slaps you on one cheek, offer them the other cheek also. 
If someone demands your coat, offer him your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. When things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you are like them to do to you. And then verse 32 says, If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sin sinners lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies, verse 35. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be great. And you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate. Just as your Father is compassionate. Wow. I don't know about you guys. But I'm often moved to compassion because my Heavenly Father is compassionate about whatever. Okay? That should be our motivating factor. He is kind. He cares. He's full of grace and mercy. We should be the same. So yes, help our brothers and sisters in the family, but also it's not only to help out family, but anybody that's in need. Okay? And you guys, really, we're no better than unbelievers. Do you guys understand that? I mean, if any of you guys have arrived or have it together, let me know. You know, <laughs> you know we're not better. We're just as sinful. We're just as much in need of a Savior of Jesus Christ, or forgiveness of sins, as anyone else upon this planet. Okay? So we are to love. So Jesus is all about mercy ministry. To the believer, our spiritual family, and also to the unbeliever, that's our human family, guys. Okay? I don't care who you are, what your background is, where you come from, how you grew up. Guys, we're a big family. And for us not to see that, guys, is just ignorance. That's why I hate the teaching of evolution in our schools, survive us of the fittest. You know, what a bunch of junk. You know? No, God created. He created one race of humankind. <laughs> we are here to love one another, to care for one another. That's what he's asked us to do. So he invites the sheep into his kingdom because of their ministry to him here on the earth. I think that's pretty cool. I don't know if you guys ever... Uh, I don't want to come off, have this come off sounding legalistic, but I, I want to give back to God, not because it's going to earn favor or something. It's just because he's loved me so much. You know, I don't know if you guys feel that same way. He's done so much. It's like, what can we do back? I love you, Father. I love you so much. And it might be the silliest, goofiest little thing he asks you to do. But man, no problem, Lord, I'm on it. Or wait, that's kind of a hard thing you're asking. That's going to stretch. That's out of my comfort zone. But I love you so much. I'll go. I'll do it. You guys know what I'm talking about? That's what God wants. Man, when I was dating Sunday, I would do anything. You know? It's kind of that thing, guys. It's like, whatever. You got it, babe. You, know? you got it, Lord. So 
it's our, our service to him. It's, it's ministry, and we're all called to minister to him. And we do that on the earth, and that can look a lot of different ways. They had fed him. They had quenched his thirst, gave him a room when he was homeless, nursed him back to health when he was sick, went and visited him when he was in some correctional facility. So whenever you did or you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me, is what Jesus is saying. wanted to share a, a quote by author Joe Saxton. He said this, Our theology impacts our anthropology. Our anthropology mandates our sociology. Okay? Oh, sorry, I missed a part. Our theology impacts our anthropology. Then our anthropology mandates our sociology. Well, that sounds cool. What does it mean, Pastor? Well, it means our theology, that's what we think about God. It's our understanding of God impacts our anthropology, right? Our understanding of man. And our anthropology mandates our sociology, or it's our understanding of society, okay? What's going on in our community, so, I like that. Um, verse 35 and 36. Uh, I was hungry, thirsty, a stranger, naked, sick, in prison. Okay, so these actions describe, reflect obedience to the command to love one another's, <laughs> love your neighbor. I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? Okay, love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? And the second is like it, love one another. Right? We're called to love our neighbor as ourselves. Pretty simple. And thereby we demonstrate the love of God as well. So when you're loving on your neighbor, you're showing the love of God. And then verse 40, when we've done one or done this to one of the least of these, so Jesus' remarks here really call for the Christian care to reach way to the bottom of our social structure. That's what I read here. It's not like, oh, <laughs> I see they're in need and they're easy to love. It's not that big of a sacrifice. You know, no, I see by Jesus saying this, guys, you know, it, it's going to the farthest, you know, regions of the world <laughs> to, to meet a great need. So thus, inverting earthly values. And oftentimes, guys, when we see someone who is hungry, clothed, their clothes are tattered, or they're in need of a shelter, we tend to label them instead of loving them. Okay, we want to criticize instead of caring for. Okay, we want to resent and run from instead of reacting and responding to them. You see, guys, the world is sick and tired of hearing about the love of Jesus. They want to see the love of Jesus. Yeah. So Christian kindness is to know no limits of race or class. It's to flow unceasingly and naturally from a heart in complete harmony to the will of God. So what's our point then? Why is this so important? What should our takeaway be? How am I supposed to know or feel or do this? Well, I'm glad you guys asked. I want to show you guys an example this morning. Okay, these are starling uh, birds. 
Okay, star, uh, starling murmuration. Okay, what it is, it's a collective motion of large number of birds. In this case, starlings. How it works, okay, there's not one leader. It's a collective movement. Each bird modifies its direction relative to six or seven that are directly surrounding it. And it's really a beautiful demonstration of unity, seeing how these birds, I mean, it's awesome, right? I don't know if you guys know this or not, but us humans, our reaction time usually is between 150 to 250 milliseconds. These starlings' reaction time is 30 milliseconds. Think about that. If they're frightened, it goes down to 15 milliseconds. That's how quick they're able to react. So how should it be a picture of the church? Well, my dream is a believer's murmuration. I want to see the church moving in murmuration, so connected with those around us that when we see someone next to us moving in a direction, displaying love, we'll move right with them. When we see someone having compassion, we're going to also have compassion. And we're going to move with each other in that way. So this also answers why we do church. You guys, church doesn't, <laughs> it can't be about a great sermon or good worship music. If it is, we've missed what church is about. What God has said church is about. Because really, we could stay at home, we could pull up our favorite pastor online, listen to a good sermon, get fed that way. You know, we can pull up, hey, you know, some people are really good at music and they do this well. We can pull up our favorite artist and, you know, have David Crowder every day. You know, um, He's my favorite, by the way. Anyways, <laughs> there is a need, guys. There's brick and mortar buildings that are out there, okay? They're there because it lends to us to be able to do ministry together, okay? We're together this morning. It's living out one another scriptures. So my dream is a believer's murmuration, where we as a church body, we see, we feel, we watch, we're vibing together, those rhythms and movements, really that God is asking the body of Christ to be about. My dream is a believer's murmuration, where our church, when we hear of wars, we run towards to heal the wounded, to feed the famished. Where our church, when we hear of those who are hungry and thirsty, that we run towards them. That, hey, we'll dig wells like Jesus' wells, or we'll feed the hungry like what happens every Wednesday at the Freedom Center Food Pantry where our church hears of a stranger, the foreigner, the refugee, and we run towards them and we want to make them feel welcome. You are loved. You are wanted. You have a place. Where our church finds our Muslim neighbors. We have two, over 2,000 Muslim families in the valley, guys. Okay, many of them feel vilified by so many in our country. Okay, but we... We can come and we can befriend them. We can build those bridges instead of those walls. We can love them and they can ask, what are you doing? Let me tell you what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm loving my God. And I'm loving you because he loves you. <laughs> he died for you. He wants to save you and forgive you of your sins. 
where our church hears of those who are incarcerated and we're willing to go weekly up into our county jail. Oh, where's our county jail? So many people don't even know. All of us cruise downtown Appleton. You guys know it's just one block off the Ave. 550 beds up there, guys. They're full all the time. People broken. Some of them for the first time in their entire life. When Jesus talks about a harvest being plentiful, let me tell you what. That's the largest ministry we have in this valley. Men and women who are finally broken enough to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. How can we not be in there loving them? Guys, we are not like this world. We should not have the same mentality of our society as, hey, they screwed up, lock them up, throw away the key. That's not the heart of our God. And if that's our heart, we need to check ourselves, guys. We need to go and love and to serve. And one of the biggest ways, well, I'm a little scared about going up into a jail. Hey, that's okay. Get over or do something else because there's a lot of these guys who've come to know Jesus Christ while they're up there. Husband's been thrown into jails for whatever, the breadwinner of the family. You know what? His wife and three kids are now finding themselves homeless because the mortgage didn't get paid last month. They have no food on the table. What can we do there, guys? What about the aftercare for these guys who've come to know Jesus Christ while they've been in jail? Let me tell you what, you go in knowing one thing, living one way, you're radically born again in the Spirit of God. They've never been in a church in a day in their life. What are they going to do now? I've had pastors in the valley tell me, hey, I don't want those people here. I know you have a heart for this ministry and care about these people. That's good for you. But for the safety of our church, we don't want that type of person in our fellowship. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. We'll welcome them. We'll do our job. Guys, I want to be a church who hears of those who are sick and we're willing to run, to visit, to pray for them, to lay hands on them like so many of you guys do. Okay? It should be a natural thing. Stuff's happening all the time. Okay? We got guys this last week that just found out they got cancer. Okay? We got people breaking bones. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's not like we need a little group like, hey, let's make sure everything. No, we just love each other. And as God puts it on your heart, you just go love them. Be there for them. Pray for them. Just be real. But you guys might be like, really? <laughs> Is this really possible? Guys, I don't want us to make a checklist. That's not what Jesus is getting at here at all. Okay? Jesus didn't mean just these six categories. It's being sensitive, guys, to each other. Anyone, everyone. That's what he's asking. It's being in that place of meeting their needs. It's giving a listening ear, giving from your wealth, a sweet prayer for them, a sensitivity to express, a heart of compassion, a soul filled, our souls are filled with empathy for them. Guys, my dream is a believer's memoration. And that's why community is so important. Okay? It's a word I don't throw around a whole lot in the church because a lot of people want a place to belong. And that's good. But if you are born again, you are a part of a group, whether you like it or not. It is called the Bride of Christ. You are the church of the living God. The Spirit of God dwells in you. We are brothers and sisters, whether you like it or not. And it's not just this little local body, okay? There's one church, period. And how great when we're working together. And that's only going to happen when we're sensitive to the Spirit of God.
It's only going to happen when we take the word of God seriously and say, hey, whoa, this life isn't about me. It's not about my best life now. <laughs> it's about you and what you care about. And you care about all people. <laughs> You're desiring to see none perish. You care about those who are hungry, who are hurting, who are broken in need of hope. And we get to go share with them, guys. Why? It's because our story here, it tells us it's Jesus who's digging in the trash to find food. It's Jesus who's drinking unclean water and is sick because of it and can't work, can't move, dying. It's Jesus who's that stranger, who's a foreigner, the refugee. It's Jesus who has put on his one pair of pants. That's all he has. He doesn't even have socks to put on his feet. Yeah. It's Jesus who walks through the Freedom Center and comes into the clothes closet. It's Jesus who is standing on the street corner with the offensive odor holding that cardboard sign. It's Jesus who you're sitting there listening to in our county jail. You see, Jesus is communicating for us this morning, okay, us, the church, that this is what it is to know me, to love me, to worship me. The only difference here is what they did or didn't do to me. So this is how we wait to the end. And this is how we wait for his return. I love Jesus, how he put this all together. I love these three parables we find after Matthew 24. This is what he cares about. This is how he ends it. Love me. Love Jesus. Pretty simple, huh? So I'm going to have Deanna come up. And we're going to partake in communion together. I want you guys to look up here. John chapter 10, verse 27 and 28. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. They follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Don't you guys love that promise? Okay. I just encourage you guys, listen to Jesus. A lot of voices out there, a lot of things to be said. And that's one thing I love about partaking in communion with you guys. Can I have a couple guys hand out the communion elements for us? But when we come to the Lord's table, okay, we do this in remembrance of Him, okay? There's a communion with Him. And as we partake in communion together, any of you guys are welcome to partake with us as long as you're a sheep. If you're one of those goats that we read about this morning, don't partake of the table. You have no fellowship. You have no communion with the living God. Well, what do I need to do? Do I need to start doing all these things like loving other people? It's a good thing to do, but you aren't really going to be able to do it until you come to know Jesus Christ personally. It's relationship with Him. And let me tell you what. You become like who you hang out with. If you come to know Jesus, you start hanging out with Him, 
And you start being like him. And you start loving and caring like he cares. So what I'm going to ask you guys to do as we partake in communion together is I want you guys just to examine your own hearts. Get real. I think God's word is pretty clear for us this morning. This is time for you to commune. And I love how the Lord's table ties in. You do this in remembrance of me until I come. Okay? That's what we're doing. We're waiting on the Lord until he comes. Coming to the Lord's table together, great opportunity to put things into perspective. Taking time out together this morning just to be still before the Lord, to hear his word. It's good. But now what are we going to do with it? Because we're not to be hearers only, but to be doers of the word. Okay? I'm not putting a trip on you guys. I'm just encouraging you as a brother in the Lord, be real. Be who you are. If you are born again, if you are a child of God's, just act like it. Be about the family business. Well, what's the family business? If you don't know, reread what we just went through in Matthew 25. <laughs> it's pretty clear. So well, Daniel's going to lead us in a song, and then I'll come back up and close us in prayer.
Amen to that. We totally recognize that without your sacrifice, Father, God, there's no remission of sin, there's no hope, there's no forgiveness, but you willingly lay down your life for the joy that was set before you. God, you endured the cross. Thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for being our example. God, you just didn't tell us a bunch of things to do. You came and did it. You showed us the way. Father, we want to follow you in those things. So please, help us where we're weak. God, we want to be growing and maturing well. Father, so we just pray that we'd be in step, in tune with your spirit. And I would ask, Lord, we pray in just all the things that you have us doing. Lord, these ministries are great, but reality is there's so much more going on. God, you've given us neighbors, co-workers, Lord, people you've put on our heart to just go out of our way to love on and to serve. We thank you for that. And we want to be faithful with those things, God. And we would even pray, Lord, that you would multiply, God, our, our ministry, that you give us more uh, just opportunity to serve, Lord. And we know you'll meet the need of what that looks like, God. Sometimes we think we're not able to do it. Or, but you give grace. You give more grace. We're thankful for that. So I pray for each one of my brothers and sisters here this morning. God, have your way. God, help us to keep our eyes on the prize, the eternal perspective. Lord, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for the time together this morning. And even as we come together, Lord, sometimes we're not going to see each other for a whole nother week. Let us not take these times for granted. Help us to be real and make time to connect and to love one another. Just to be present. Uh, and help us to be real, too. Or there may be some here that need a helping hand this week, Father. Maybe we be vulnerable and real with our brothers and sisters and ask. God, we thank you that this is a safe place to do that. And just to be real. We thank you so much, Father, for all you're doing. And we just ask that your will would continue to be done, Lord. We don't want to get in the way. We just want to be a part of whatever you want. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and thanks for listening to today's message. For more information on Freedom Fellowship Church or to hear other teachings, please visit our website, cometofreedom.com, or interact with us at facebook.com slash Church.